Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the Hawk and Tom Show on B93.7. You know, I don't know about you guys, but whenever AI or artificial intelligence first started getting a lot of publicity, I was surprised that Elon Musk was one of the people saying that it could be bad. Yeah. Because I think of Elon Musk as being one of the people who is into AI and his cars are self-driving cars. That's AI. Mm -hmm. But yet he's the one who was sitting there with his head in his hands going, this could be the end of everything. I agree with him. He said we just need to be very careful and... and Go slowly. With he this. wanted us to stop for six months just to quit and take a time out. Well, I think it's good, you know, to take a time out every now and then the, when you're like, oh, wow, this could take over the world. Let's, the let's stop problem thinking with about that it. Is that <laughs> what about when no one else does but you? Like well, when you got the bad guys, you got, uh, you know, Dr. Evil or whoever going, I'm going to build an AI and some freaking sharks or whatever. That well, didn't sound like him. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have time to get my finger in my mouth. Everybody's got to participate, even the bad guys, if we're going to do it right. Exactly. And that is the problem. <laughs> um, but so anyway, I was reading about some of the people who have warned us, and it turns out that Elon Musk was not the first person to warn us about the dangers of AI. The person who says he is the first one to warn us has spoken up, and it's James Cameron. And James Cameron, if you know the name, he did Avatar, he's done Titanic, he's done a lot of movies, but one of his early and maybe his first big success was Terminator. I'll never be back. seen it. And, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. You've never seen Terminator. I've seen bits and pieces over the years, but I don't think I've ever sat and watched the entire movie. Uh, have you seen Terminator 2? Well, God, no. How about 3? No, but How? I saw Terminator versus Jason. Okay. <laughs> There's no <laughs> movie about that. Wow. That uh, blows me away sometimes. That is really? surprising. And you're still here. Yeah, well, well I mean, you also are the guy that don't like Star Wars. And no, I'm like, yeah. I watched the first one yeah. when I was a kid. Mm. And you also don't have like a, a DVD player because you like VCRs. I got two DVD players oh. and two VHS players. Okay, my bad. VCR players. Kato yeah. may be AI, and we just don't know. No, AI <laughs> would be quicker to adopt AI. <laughs> AI stands for something else when it comes to me. <laughs> Okay, I don't even want to ask I that. I don't even know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, basically, James Cameron says, I warned you guys, Terminator, that was the first case of AI. And his thinking is, it's not AI that's dangerous, it's giving AI weapons. Like, as soon as you start putting, you know, RoboCop, you start putting guns in the hands of an artificial intelligence... People are going to get hurt. Never seen RoboCop either. Okay, Cato. Mm. Um, I really don't know how to communicate to you if I can't tell you movies to explain my stuff. You know what the <laughs> best thing to do? Tell us what you have seen. seen yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Titanic. 
Okay. Uh, okay. There was no AI in that. But that's great. So here's the latest thing they're saying that AI is going to be able to do. And if you've played video games much, you're, this isn't surprising to you. Because in every video game, when you're playing in space or the future or anything like that, you go into a bar and there's some artificial intelligent bartender there, an AI bartender. But they are saying that bartenders made out of AI are going to be able to recognize their customers and they'll be able to do things like ask them if they would like their usual or seat them at their favorite table. Will they still be able to over-serve me? Um, they might be able to, but they probably won't. Boo. Sounds like I don't have to tip anymore. That may be true, Kato. Yeah. What's so funny is the AI bartenders will be able to recognize the regulars, but the regulars won't be able to recognize the AI bartender. Why not? Well, because they've been the regulars. They, they've been drinking. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, we know our regulars. Oh, okay. Our regular bartenders. Okay. We do but uh, they say that it will, Cato, cut down on having to tip. Uh, they think that they're going to be AI in a lot of different hospitality situations, like even in medicine with nurses and uh, not so much the trained nurses and doctors, but more of the people that are doing like stuff like, you know, coming in and maybe nurses won't have to change bedpans anymore in some <sighs> of the less, you know, pleasant parts of the job. Okay, I hope it's something like that because I can't imagine an AI robot giving me a proctology exam. Oh, or gosh. Malfunctions. Uh, and, and I guess already Ooh. you ladies are, are, I mean, those mammograms, that's kind of an AI already. That's got to hurt because they pre press it down like pancakes. <laughs> How is that AI? Because it's a big machine. Because you're going, AI! <laughs> I hurt! <laughs> 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 yeah, Turn that off. That's not AI. But, um, <laughs> I, I think it would be handy, too. If you think about it, they do surgical um, robotics already, and it's more accurate than if the surgeon did it himself. Like, they'll have a little machine that's doing the mm -hmm. surgery, and they're just controlling it like a video game. It's crazy. So what you're saying is when this happens, thousands and thousands well, and thousands of jobs are going to be lost. Absolutely. Well, and we've jumped. So the unemployment rate's going to go up. Absolutely. We're going to be living off the government, and now we're a socialist You country. nailed it. We have jumped, though, from going to a bartender AI bartender that's just mixing drinks. I'm like, you know, they get that wrong, but then to an AI doctor that's working on your brain. It's like... You can mess up my strawberry daiquiri. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and do you really trust a human being with shaky hands, or at least imperfect hands, versus a robotic machine that's going to do the exact perfect cut? Somebody had to program that to, to see exactly why, you know what's going on in my brain. I'm going to call. I'm going to call you out right now. You had LASIK surgery. That was done by a robotic machine. There was a doctor in charge no, of that. They might have been in charge of it. They'll still be doctors in charge, but they pressed a button and the cuts were made with a laser. That doctor didn't get in there with a scalpel and cut your eyeball. Oh, thank goodness. Ouch. Exactly. Yeah, that's scary. You know what? More than likely, the AI is going to become so smart that they're going to become more human-like where they leave their job going, oh, God, I need a drink. They get home with their wives going, it was a horrible day at work, and then come in drunk and doing surgery. <laughs> All the AIs are just going to be like humans eventually. Yeah. <laughs> or so why they may yeah. get there and go, these humans are so stupid, we aren't doing anything for them anymore. But Elon's afraid they're going to go, these humans are so stupid, let's kill them all. AI. It's, no, iRobot. Right, mm -hmm. iRobot. Where they get smart. So now we do have a, a movie we can communicate to you with. Yes. Okay, it's going to be like iRobot, Kato. But we won't agree on, I think AI needs to go away. 
I don't think you can make it go away. You can make anything happen. No, you really can't. Just put your mind to it. Can you program it to go away? Like, that's enough, little robot. Go on now. (laughs) Flee before me. That's I don't a know. very optimistic <laughs> view. So you can't get rid of it because bad guys are going to do it whether you make it illegal or not. There'll be some rogue state in like Africa or, or Iran or somewhere. They're going to make it. If you don't make it to defend yourself, you'll lose. Well, just don't give it consent to hurt you and then you're fine. You're an idiot. <laughs> no offense. I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Hawk and Tom Show on B93.7. Most all guys, they love Call of Duty, right? Yeah, it's a shooting game online, and you go to war in like 1942 or various different times, and you actually shoot against other people who are playing the game in other parts of the world. Yeah, but most all guys don't like the Call of Diaper Duty. Yeah, that's a different duty. Totally <laughs> different game there. That's duty duty. <laughs> <laughs> and not a fun game at all. But it could be fun. Not really. Yeah. I will say this, uh, both my kids, they hit me once or twice. Oh. It's almost like they had a gun. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun in that respect, Kato. <laughs> but uh, they actually did a survey with millennial parents and found out how dads respond to the call of diaper duty. Right. Now, do you remember changing diapers, Tom? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you do. It wasn't fun. Okay, but three in four dads, 75% say they have had... They have changed more diapers than their own fathers did at this point in parenting. I think I changed way more diapers than my dad did. I don't think my dad, I, I can't even remember him changing my diaper, but I probably couldn't anyway, could I? <laughs> it depends on how old you were when you wore them. Wow. <laughs> True, Kato. Hey, you hear pretty soon I can change my dad's diaper. Yeah, I don't know how much my dad did that. I've never really asked. Mm -hmm. I I mean, typically back in those days, it was kind of like the man's responsibility to go to work and bring home a paycheck and the woman's responsibility to bring up the kids. Okay. And then, of course, it changed over time as we needed more money just to survive. Women Mm -hmm. started going into work and then it became this really complicated thing where we had to work out who did what around the house. And I've told you this before, my mom, anytime I complain about, you know, child rearing or kids or stuff like that, she brings out that diaper story where they didn't have pampers and huggies when she was, you know, had, you know, babies. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They had the cloth diapers and they had to wash them out in the toilet and all that. And then I always be quiet at that point. But I remember (laughs) when my brother was little, my mom got the cloth diapers. I don't know why. Yeah. That's weird. We'd put them in a bag on the porch and they'd pick them up and drop off clean ones. Yeah. You know, you were wearing some other kid's diaper sometimes. It wasn't me. (laughs) But I mean, I was shocked that that was even a thing when I was a kid. Well, over a third of millennial dads were taught by their spouse or partner how to change the diaper and clean the baby's bottom. That's the first <laughs> first uh, time they do it. Well, that's because uh, women are born with that innate knowledge. Men, not? men are not. On how to do it? Yeah, so no. the women teach the man. <laughs> and as you're driving away from the hospital, that's the last thing. or You just don't think about that. It's like here in about an hour, someone's going to have to change this diaper. I learned trial and error with my nieces. Yeah. I did not know that you could put a diaper on backwards, and there was a mess. Yeah, you can do that. I was not born with that innate ability. 35% were taught by their own moms how to do the diaper change. Yeah. I think, like, I was 11 when my brother was born. Yeah. So I was the babysitter. I learned at a young age how to change diapers. What's so funny is most guys and their, you know, spouses, they, it's kind of like a Christmas wrapping paper. 
It's like, you know, women, they're just born to be able to wrap that present perfectly. And you see that baby diaper, you know, when they're done with it. And you're like, man, that, you know, you did a good job on that. And then it's your turn, and it looks like you just kind of quickly wrap that present. You pick the baby up off the table, and the diaper slides right off. Yeah. <laughs> it just ain't right. I get the feeling Tori's not typical. I get the feeling that I'm a failure as a woman because y'all are like, oh, you're born with it. And I'm over here thinking, no, I've messed it up several times. Yeah, you know what? You need to have a kid. You really uh, do. I think, that, I think it will. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering at this point. Me too. <laughs> just, um, I think it, it will help you in a lot of ways. I think that baby's going to need therapy. Well, John seems like he might step up. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. But that doesn't mean either of us know what we're doing. No really? one ever knows what they're doing. Every parent, it doesn't matter what books you've read, how much your parents have helped you. You have no idea yeah. what's going on. All you do is look back at with regret on how you did it. Even <laughs> if you do a good job, you still are like, man, maybe we should have done this different. And it's funny how you go overboard with the first kid. My friends, they have a five-year-old that they had, you know, all the child-proof locks on every cabinet and door. Yeah. And their one-year-old now just wanders the house, <laughs> picking up Clorox bottles. Yeah. Because yeah. nothing's child-proof. Right. Where'd you get that? Yeah, it's like. Yeah, the first time you spend a lot of money on the child-proofing, and then the second one comes along, and you're like, do we have any rubber bands to keep this cabinet oh, closed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can still get in it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. 93% of millennial dads have woken up in the middle of the night at least once to change their baby's diaper. Wow. Okay. I did a lot more than that. That's pathetic, though. Yeah, it it's is. It's like only once you've woken up in the middle of the night. I mean, you'd wake up in the middle of the night. I mean, you'd, you oh. may not change the diaper, but... Yeah, they're awake. <laughs> they, hear the, they hear the wife get up yeah. and go off. <laughs> Going, honey, you wake. Go change the baby's diaper. Well, it's always that game. <laughs> the game you play is like, who can last longest with the baby crying on the monitor? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then all of a sudden you feel the, the bed, you know, shake. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was about to go get him. Oh, you don't say a word. <laughs> you don't say a word. No. I uh, it's helped me out later though because now my kids are older and they'll come into the room and I'll be napping. Yeah, I sleep through anything now because I <laughs> learned when they were babies how to sleep through all that <laughs> you stuff. You've trained yourself, and then more and more millennial dads are changing diapers in the bathrooms. Of course. You know, there's more baby station changing tables yeah. in the bathrooms. I see dads Probably. doing it all the time when I'm traveling. Yeah, yeah, public so, restrooms, yeah, not at home. Yeah, not at not, not. Okay, I don't know hey, if they're changing it while they're in the tub. I'm like, you mind if I come in here? I'm doing a little research. I'm just knocking <laughs> on doors. Wow. But uh, uh, baby changing stations. Now, then there has the story that I told you where the lady was doing it in the restaurant, at the fast food restaurant, on the table. The, the, there was like a couple that did it on a school lunchroom table once. They had been to like a play where one of their friend's daughters was in oh, the play. Oh, yeah, okay. And they actually just plopped their kid up on the school lunchroom table and changed the diaper. See, I mean, mm. go to your car. Just I leave agree. in the back seat. I mean, I've seen people. Oh, it was a little far away. And we would have had to. I mean, never mind. Like a booth of a restaurant. <laughs> you know, you lean over in the booth and set mm-hmm. the baby down. Yeah, do it there. Yeah, because yeah. nobody, it's not on the table. It. Some of those booths, though, the seat is kind of arched. The baby yeah, might roll. roll off. <laughs> well, you watch out. <laughs> <laughs> They're quick. Yeah, you don't need kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Hawk and Tom Show on B93.7.
Well, we're just talking about Dad's call of diaper duty when it comes to uh, changing baby diapers. They should make a video game of that. <laughs> I know they should. But three and four dads, 75% say they have changed more diapers than their own fathers did at this point of parenting. And we have a funny clip of Ray Romano talking about the difference between boy diapers and girl diapers. Boy diapers. Different from girl diapers. We had the girl first. You get a very full sense of security when you change a girl diaper first. Because it's never dangerous. There's nothing pointed at you. Oh, I, I, I learned the hard way. As soon as the boy diaper opens, there's an infrared light on your head. You're, oh, your target practice. Your seat, that's what you are. They're good, they're sharpshooters. Twins are good because they compete with each other. Oh, nice shot. Nice shot. I didn't think you could reach them from there. Beautiful. Shot. All right. Watch this. I'll put a cigarette out now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Good point there. Good point. Yeah. It's the Hawk and Tom Show on B93.7. Hawk gave me something this morning, and he says, hey, I think you would probably do a better job of delivering this. And so he gives me this piece of paper, and I read over it, and I realized I'm going to disappoint him because I am one of those people who I look at things and I find fault in them a lot of times. <laughs> Everything in your life. That's sad. It is sad. <laughs> I'm like, how many people can be wrong? But I, I find stuff wrong with everything. No, it's sad you're living your life like that. Oh, so see, you're just, wrong there, too. I don't <laughs> think, are you ever happy? Um, so here's what Hawk gave to me. He said it's this little couple of paragraphs, uh -huh. and it says, Pets, it turns out, have last wishes before they die, but Aww. they're only known by veterinarians who put old and sick animals to sleep. Oh. A, Twitter, a Twitter user asked a vet what was the most difficult part of his job, and the veterinarian answered without hesitation that the hardest thing for him was to see old or sick animals look for their owners whenever they are being put to sleep. Oh, don't break my heart. Yeah, but the I problem heard. is 90% of pet owners don't want to be in the room with their dying animals. So sad. people will leave and ask well, the veterinarian to do it without them. Is that the same people that leave grandma and grandpa alone to die? No, no that's no. a whole different group. <laughs> okay. Cato, now you're judging. I like am, Tom because was. a pet is like a family member. It is, but some people, it's hard for them. Like, it is oh, hard. Give me a Crimea River. I had to drive at 8 o'clock on a rainy Saturday morning to Spartanburg to the vet Okay, and found out that that was the last time I was going to see my dog. Oh my then I had to drive home after that in the rain, and that was not fun because I couldn't see with the rain and my tears, but... I stayed till the very end. Well, I know, and you're okay with that, and you I'm wanted to okay. be It's not that he's okay with it. Yeah. It's that he felt like it was the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my little it's girl. It's not, not like, uh, I'm okay with this. It's oh. like, I feel like I owe it to them. But some people, can they not live their life and say, you know what, can you take care of uh, Rusty the dog here? I'm like, uh, Well, let know. me just read and, the rest of this thing that you gave to me. <laughs> well, the, the trouble with that is I only read the first sentence. So <laughs> That's as far as you can get. <laughs> 
Um, but they say a lot of people don't have the uh, the strength or the, the whatever to see their pet pass away, so they don't realize that in these last moments of life, their pet needs them the most. Mm-hmm. So the veterinarians oh, ask crap. the owners to be there with their pet until the very end. It's almost inevitable that a pet will die before us. Don't forget, you were the center of their life. Right. They yeah. may have been a part of your life, but you were all of their life. And they are family, so no matter how hard it is, the veterinarians ask you not to leave them alone Stop, right then. Tom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't let them die in a room with a stranger in a place they already don't like. And it's painful for veterinarians to see how their pets look for their owner during the last few minutes of their life. Dude, what are you doing to me? Hawk you. gave oh me this, gosh. dude. I didn't do it. Hey, I'm just going to enhance it with no. this sad music right now. Oh, I can't. Uh, I'll take my headphones off. <laughs> yeah. They don't yeah. understand why their yeah. owner left them, and they were oh, looking for consolation. Okay. Now, the veterinarians do everything possible to ensure the animals are not scared, but they're there with strangers, and they say, don't be a coward. Think about the pet and mm-hmm. endure this pain for their sake. Be with them until the end. Right. Now, I told you I was going to be a little contradictory, and maybe I'll help you with your tears, Tori. Physical I, pain trying to hold back right yeah. now. <laughs> but um, here's the thing. I, I tend to agree with this. I've been with my pets every step of the way. Yeah. I mean, my first pet was euthanized. I was holding him in my arms as mm-hmm. he was put to sleep. Yeah. Um, the next time, that's a slightly different because they didn't want us to do that, but he was on the table and we were all petting him. Aww. So I've, I've done it every time we were there. Yeah. But I also will tell you that we have a tendency to put uh, animals into human ways of thought. And we think that animals want us there. Not all animals necessarily do want you there. My dog doesn't want me there now. That's true. On a normal day. So I I would ask your veterinarian about it. If you're not wanting to stay with your dog, I would ask the veterinarian what they think. Because dogs are pack animals. They will wander off on their own to die if they were in a group because they don't want to show weakness around the other pack members. So it may be that you're not the horrible person they're painting you out to be (laughs) if you don't stay with your animal. Could it also mean that my constant annoyance of love to my dog is making him live longer? He's 14 and a half, and I'll do whatever it takes. I don't know about that. I think you just were calling Cato out. I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah. You're saying at the end there, you're like, you know... Maybe she didn't want me there? No. <laughs> you were there, though. No, because Cato was uh, talking about people that don't stay with their animals, this, that, and the other. And then you're going, well, you know what? Ask your doctor about it. Well, see. I'm just saying, it, well, I, it doesn't seem to be as clear-cut as those people would have you believe. And I totally forgot, but I did have a, another pet, Toby, that showed up at my house, and I took him in. He was already old. Mm-hmm. I think he was that way because he was passing away in my living room. And right. I laid in the floor with him till 2 or 3 in the morning. Oh, wow. And he kept yeah. trying to raise his head up. Oh, my yeah. gosh. He's like, trying to move away from you. I don't know. Yeah. But I finally just turned the light out, went to sleep, and he had passed. Right. And I think he was waiting for me to leave the room. He may have been. Because it was like he was trying to be affectionate with me. Like you needed that. He was thinking of you. Exactly. And I didn't think about that till just now, Tom. Uh So you're right. Maybe. But here's the thing. If you don't want to go and you have a pet or a loved one, for 500 bucks, I'll go and sit with them through their last. Wow, Kato, that's oh. generous and kind yeah. of you. Yeah, I thought that was going somewhere else for a second. Too, right? <laughs> but I'll if help. you think about, you know, if you're, even if your dog's sick and getting shots and stuff, I mean, you think your dog wants you there. 
possibly because he trusts you. You and him holding the dog. It's like, and I, how about when you're doing like your dog trusts you completely? And then, uh. then, then all of a sudden you have to do that expressing thing, and then all of a sudden your dog's like looking at it and behind his back all day long. Like, is he going to do that again? I tried to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't do it right. There's a video online where you can express your own dog. Yeah, it's yeah. not a very helpful it's video. Like you just kind of squeeze oh. that little. Uh, you you have to there. stick fingers further up than I thought. Yeah. Oh. Well, here's my uh, purpose of this: is if you have a dog and you're one of those people who doesn't think you can stay in the room, oh. ask your veterinarian. It may not be as bad as you think. This thing that's going around on the internet may not be 100% right because I've read that about animals that a lot of them, especially dogs being pack animals, don't want you there. On the other hand, my experiences with my dogs, they did not seem at all distressed that I was there and it made us feel a lot better to be there with them. All right, next pet topic we will discuss is... What happens when a goldfish dies? Is it okay to flush it down the toilet? And buy a new one just like it? <laughs> <laughs> I've done that several times. As long as you're there with it when it passes. Oh. <laughs> it's the Hawk and Tom Show on B93.7. Well, does your boss hate you? Mm, I don't think our boss hates me. Uh, but I think he might dislike some things about me. Well, at least you're not alone, Tom, because according to this new survey, 39% of people in the U.S. think their boss hates them. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, that's two out of five people. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean you think your boss hates you? Why would they keep you if they hated you? Because you make them money. Okay. On the flip side, survey found that 39%, same percentage of people, believe their boss loves them. I never thought that. Well, you know, you probably, did you, you had some bosses that you thought liked you. Liked maybe, but not loved. Uh -huh. What's the amount of people who think their boss tolerates them? Yeah, that's more where I <laughs> yeah. feel like I am. <laughs> okay, so the people believe they, their boss loves them. That's kind of boring. Let's not even talk about that. Let's get back to the hate. But it's not right? boring because those people are delusional. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hate is more uh, interesting, they say. So 20% of people say their boss has publicly criticized them. That doesn't mean they hate you. Only 20%, though. I mean, boss criticizes everybody. You're in a meeting, and he's going to say something you know, to kind of point you out and make you look bad? Well, usually he's polite about it and does it behind your back. You think so? Yeah, not I, to your face in oh, a meeting. I, I, I'm, I've been in meetings before oh, where they're uh, making fun of somebody. Okay, I just say you're probably not the best person to ask because I think you might have a little more to make fun of than the average person. Like, remember that time you forgot to do the soundtrack for the fireworks show? Okay, okay, we don't have to bring it up again. I'm just saying that was a pretty big one. Okay. I know, I know I get dirty looks from you guys when I ask questions at the end of the meeting. Yeah, because you yeah. make the meeting go longer. Yeah, I know. Both yeah. of you do. So, you know what? <laughs> I always ask one question to show that I was paying attention and I have an intelligent question, and then I'm done. Okay. That's just about me. Well, 6% of the people said they've been cursed out by a boss. Wow. I don't I'm, uh, yeah, I, I kind of did. You did get pointed. You got hit in the head with a... Not with, hit with a in the head. He yeah. poked me in the head with his finger. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, repeatedly. He was like, <laughs> you're not going to do it. And he was oh, like, wow. yeah. Oh, nowadays, you weren't even a, in there. That's assault nowadays. I know, well, yeah. right? You've described the story. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't say it like that. Okay, then... 
I it was a, I had a different partner at the time, the good old days, and uh, <laughs> we had been told that if we wanted to get a better contract, we needed to get a job offer so that we could get uh, yeah, some we leverage. We don't have to go into detail. I was just more. And so we got a job <laughs> offer from across the street at another station, and our boss got mad and poked us in the head. He's like, "You don't want to go to a job across the street to that station." And we're like. We just wanted to get a better contract. You're like, I kind of do now. Ow. I know, right? <laughs> I did the same poking with my finger. That, that but I you didn't shot. say the right thing. It kind of sounded the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 12% of uh, the people said their boss has actually hit on them. Not hit them, but hit on them. <laughs> so, Tori, you ever been hit on by a boss? Not a direct boss, but I had a sales manager who would come in and, like, inappropriately scratch himself in front of me. And I was like, I don't know if this is your version of hitting on, on me no. or if you've got a situation you need cream He's, for, but he just please go away. Cream. It was okay. weird. <laughs> go back to when, but before, you know, big time jobs, like your first jobs, you didn't have any bosses at oh, all hit you on know, you? There was one restaurant manager, but it was great because then I got to like leave work early and all kinds of stuff. So I was like, whatever, I'll flip my hair for this. Oh, Yay. so you were like leading him on so you get benefits. Um, It's called Work Smarter, Not Harder. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You got free food too a bit, didn't you? I did get some chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Tori. Uh, I'm going to try this on Dave today. All right. class. And of course, uh, not long ago, we told you about the time Cato got hit on by the boss in an RV up on the mountain. First off, it was a sales manager, not my immediate boss. Okay, but... But it was not in her RV. Her RV was parked outside my apartment. <laughs> okay. When you're getting hit on by a woman that owns an RV... And all I did was make frozen uh, salmon fish from the frozen foods department. Yeah. You just bake in the oven. Was it a date? No, no. We were just having meetings on sales and stuff because I was in promotions as well then. And Yeah. And she yeah. started hitting on him. So, that yeah. same woman climbed onto me in a bed on a trip to whitewater rafting to try to get to another guy in the bed who had put me between them and told me to keep her away from him. <laughs> she did. She tried to get to another boss I had. It, it was very bizarre. You trying to take Cato's woman now? No, I didn't have anything to do with it. That was before Cato. Oh. <laughs> no, I told her no. She was a character, man. <laughs> she was. Yeah, and she was a boss. So think about that. Yeah. I'm like, there's a lot of bosses out there that really shouldn't be if you know more about them. Yeah. Oh, I, oh. I was like, wow, she's a cool boss. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's true. It's yeah. very, very true. <laughs> but uh, we've had some weird bosses now that I think about it. I wonder what she's doing now. Well, Kato, call her. Uh, I wonder what campground she's staying in. <laughs> I'm guessing a KOA somewhere. I'll ride around. <laughs> It's the Hawk and Tom Show on B93.7. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.